0: Be seated. Well, as most of you know, today is our last Lord's Day to spend with you here at FAC. And this is my next to the last sermon that I will preach in this place. Lord willing, I will preach my final message on Christmas Eve at 5 and 7. As you know, Because of the Lord's leading in our lives, Kathy and I have sensed the Lord's direction and a resulting sense of divine peace about stepping into a brand new role and set of responsibilities, and beginning on January 2nd, Lord willing, I will officially become the Executive Director of the Erie City Gospel Rescue Mission. It's hard to believe that our time in this place has come to a close. It has been, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, the greatest privilege that we've ever been accorded to me, to Kathy, and to our children to be companions on the journey with you for the last uh, 20 plus years. And I'm grateful also for the opportunity that the Lord has so graciously extended to me uh, most weeks to stand behind this sacred desk and to preach the Word of God uh, and study it together with you each Lord's Day. It is a rare gift that you have given to me as a preacher. If you think about it, there are very few occasions in our world today where people sit and listen to what one person has to say for 35 to 40, 45 or 50 minutes <laughs> on a weekly basis. And I want you to know that I have, haven't have taken your gift or your trust for granted over these 20 and a half years. I want you to know that on many occasions, as I have been in my study, uh, preparing and working on a sermon, and nothing seems to come, and I have no way to know where to go. I pray a simple prayer, and I say, Lord, there's going to be a group of people coming this Sunday, and they're expecting a word from you. So, Lord, let's get busy. And besides, Lord, I don't want to look like a fool up there. (laughs) And the Lord has always been faithful and true to His promises. Years ago, when He called me into the preaching ministry, He promised that, as He placed this call on my life, that by His Spirit, He would enable me to do it. And so, over the last 20 years, As your senior pastor, I have been privileged to come behind this sacred desk and pray and preach and lead. And I've preached 1,123 sermons. I've dedicated 478 infants and children. I've conducted 487 baptisms i stood at the marriage altar with 102 couples. I've buried 135 of my friends and parishioners. And by God's grace, I've received 910 new members Into this fellowship. What a 20 years it has been. We've experienced many, many victories together. But we've also, like this morning, shed many a tear. We've walked through some very dark days and valleys together. And indeed, much has changed during these past two decades. If you doubt that much has changed, I have found proof that everything has changed. Kathy Kathy was sorting through some photographs this week to prepare a gift for our son and our new daughter-in-law of photos of our family and Justin's early life. And she came across this photo and, yeah, who is that young kid? Twenty and a half years ago, on June the 7th, 1989, Kathy snapped a photo of me in our family room at three hundred thirty-six twenty Cameo Way, which is now the home of Pastor Ben and Amy DiStefano. And the picture's not all that great. It's faded over 20 years, but I've got my briefcase in hand, and I've got my red power tie on, and all I need is an apple for the teacher and the picture would be complete. Indeed, a lot has changed in 20 years. But all along the way, we've known that come what may, come change and decay, we've known with confidence that through it all, God is with us. On June 11th, 1989, I preached my first sermon in what is now our youth center. There were about 275 people who gathered for worship on that day. The title of my message that day was, What's in a Name? And the sermon was based on the text from 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 9 through 12, the text that Pastor Keith read a few moments ago, I thought perhaps that if I used the same text for my last sermon that I used for my first sermon, that it might be interesting to see what I would say differently 20 years later. I've learned an awful lot over 20 years, but the most interesting thing about preparing this my last Lord's Day message is to see how similar it is in its focus to my first message to this congregation 20 and a half years ago. When I came to you in 1989, I was fresh out of seminary, having just received my Master of Divinity only two weeks earlier. I came nervous as a cat, only having really preached a couple of messages in homiletics classes among seminarians and my doughty professor. And I was not sure that I was really preaching um, a message from God that day. I'll be real honest with you. I, I just wanted to be able to get through without stum-bumbling along. But I went and I looked at the notes for that message. I kept them all. They're part of my barrel that I hope to use in the coming years of ministry. I looked at those notes, and this is what I said on that day in 1989. The first thing I said to this congregation was this. That First Alliance Church is Christ's church. It's not mine. It's not anyone else's. You are the people of God, and God has a perfect plan for this church fellowship, and that our job was simply to follow hard after Jesus Christ. Now, 20 and a half years later, I want to tell you what's on my heart today. This is Christ's church. It's not mine. It's not anyone else's. You are the people of God. And the Lord has a perfect plan for this church fellowship. And it will be, as you move into God's preferred future, it will be your job to simply follow hard after Jesus Christ. Many things have changed in 20 years. My waist size has changed. My hair color and my glasses have changed. My vocabulary has been expanded. But my message to you in 20 and a half years has not changed. Listen to the text again this morning, in which Peter reminds the beleaguered Christians in Asia minor That they are about to experience great persecution and heavy opposition, and to these battle weary saints, he reminds them who they are in Christ. Because he knows good and well that if they don't have a strong, clear, concise understanding of who they are in Christ, that they will crumble when the pressure mounts. Who are they? What is it about their identity that will enable them to stand firm against opposition and external pressures? Here's what the Apostle Peter tells them. He says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And my friends, my message to you, and this is God's message. I'm not worried any longer about just getting through. This is God's message that He's laid on my heart for you today. Simple, clear, and precise. Never, never, never forget who you are in Jesus Christ. You are the people of God. So never forget who you are. Most of you know, because you know my story, that my father died at the age of 32. I was nine, my brother was seven. So therefore, our time of knowing our dad was brief compared to most. But there are strong and potent memories that I have of my dad. Conversations when I was alone with him. And I remember one conversation in particular when I was with my dad. And he said to me, Ricky, never forget who you are. You are a crocker. Never bring any shame to your name and to our family. Never, never forget who you are. And I would say the same thing to you today, because I feel in many ways like your father and your grandfather. And I would say to you, never forget who you are. Remember that you are a Christian. You are called by the name of Christ. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, for the sake of Jesus, don't bring any shame to the family or to the name of your Father and the Lord of the church. Peter says that so concisely when he says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. So that's all I have to say to you today. All I have for a message for you today except to say goodbye. The last 12 weeks may have been the longest goodbye in recorded history. It was at the end of September that I came back early from sabbatical to inform you of God's leading and direction in our lives and my decision to resign from my post here at FAC to accept the new responsibilities as the Executive Director of the City Mission. Over the past three months, we've all sought for ways to adequately express our love and appreciation for one another. And you've done very well. And all along, we've been just trying to say goodbye. All of us handle these last goodbyes, these final farewells, in different ways. Some of us, because of the ways in which God has created us and our temperaments, some of us are rather stoical. We shake hands and we just simply say, Goodbye, be good, and take good care of yourself. Others like me and Pastor Dave Snyder, we're criers. (laughs) Right, Dave? We cry. We're not real men do cry. We weep like babies. We choke up on our words. We can't talk because of the emotion that sometimes overwhelms us. There are others that God has designed to be rather happy-go-lucky people, and we try to make our final farewells a good time and make a joke and just laugh it off. And then there are still others who just seek to avoid having to say goodbye at all. We never want to get ourselves caught in the situation where we'll be... Forced to say goodbye because we're afraid of being embarrassed by a display of affection or emotion like Dave and I. <laughs> so each of us handles these goodbyes in different ways. My late mother in law, Ernestine Slaybaugh, hated to say goodbye. She uh, was an extrovert, and Ernestine loved people she was always the last person, no matter whether it was in her her home church or when she came to visit us here, she was always the last person to leave the building. And when Ernestine and Jerry would come to visit us here in Erie, and when it was time to say goodbye and my father-in-law's hints uh, were not working to prompt Ernestine to know that it was time to leave, my father-in-law would just step up from his chair And he'd look Ernestine in the eye and he'd say, Ernie, it's time to go now. And he would say goodbye and give us a peck on the cheek. And then he would go over and he'd take my mother-in-law by the hand. (laughs) And he would move her out the door and through the garage, open the car door, and place her in and fasten her belt. And even then, my mother-in-law would still be saying, Goodbye! Goodbye! (laughs) Well, I feel a wee bit like my mother-in-law this morning. I can't figure out how to say goodbye to you. I'm absolutely stumped. For once, Rick Crocker doesn't have words. And so I wish my father-in-law were here.
1: <laughs>
0: and that he could take me by the hand. And he could lead me off through the garage into the car. Because I just don't know how to say goodbye. Goodbye. There's so much that needs to be said, but no time to say it. How can I adequately thank you for your partnership in the gospel ministry in this place? What could I say to you that would help you to understand just how privileged Kathy and I have felt To serve in this wonderful place for the past two decades. Words are completely inadequate to express it. So I'll simply say, goodbye. When Paul was saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, he said, Now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace which can build you and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Wow, I like those words. I couldn't have said it better myself. They're so profound. But since I can't think of any other words, and I have to borrow Paul's, I'll just simply say, Goodbye. When you think about it, and you understand the etymology of the word goodbye, it's not as weak a word as you might think. In fact, the word goodbye is packed with great meaning. The word goodbye actually is the contracted form of the phrase, God be with ye. To say goodbye to someone is in actuality saying, may God be with ye. As you entrust someone into God's care, because you will no longer be in their presence. God be with ye. Other languages pick up on this. In Spanish, the word is adios, which simply means to God. To God. Same with the French. The French word for goodbye is adieu. To God, to you and you and you. (laughs) And the German is Auf Wiedersehen, literally means, actually, I don't know what it means, (laughs) but you get the idea. In the Christian vocabulary, there's a word that carries with it some of the same meaning. It's a word we use a lot around church. It's the word Amen. I'll never forget the late Alex Hammond. Some of you remember Alex and Betty, both now with the Lord in glory. Alex was a great Scot. And he never was afraid to express his appreciation for a good message. And he used to yell out right in the middle of service, Amen!
1: Preach it, brother! Preach it!
0: That's the kind of word amen is. It means right on or let it be so. Whereas they say down in the south where my brother Barry is a preacher. Yep. (laughs) Amen is the exclamation point at the end of a sentence that affirms the truth of what has been said. And then with that amen, it commends it to God so we are reminded that the goodbye we say this morning is not the final goodbye. The future continues. God's future continues. Jesus does not leave us as orphans, but God comes to us especially in this time As one passes the mantle of ministry to another, God comes to us with His Spirit and He empowers us from within and He heals us and He strengthens us and He prepares us for the days ahead for His preferred future. And I firmly believe with all of my heart that God's future for this body will always, always, always overwhelm the sadness of today's goodbye and remind us of a day when we will no longer have to say goodbye to one another. Praise the Lord. So I end my last message here to you today with the wise words of a great theologian, Dr. Seuss. Because this is not the final goodbye. And someday we will say hello again. I'm choosing not to cry because it's over. But instead, I'm going to smile because it happened. So dear friends, I say to you today, Goodbye. God, be with you until we can say hello. And now before I turn this uh, part of the service over to someone else, I'm going to exercise my privilege as the leader of this great congregation to do something. I've not asked anyone for approval. I would like to have all of the um, pastors and directors of First Alliance Church, all the elders who are currently sitting on the board of elders, and all the elders who have served uh, this church, whether in my time of ministry or in pastoral ministries before me. Because as the elders who have served with me know, that my feeling is that once you're an elder, you're always an elder. So if you are a pastor, a director, an elder that's currently sitting, or you have been an elder in the past, I would like you to just simply to stand where you are and remain in place, Stand where you are, elders, pastors, directors, past elders. For the last twenty and a half years. With the help of God, I have stood by the gate to the sheepfold. Very rarely have I left my post there at the gate to the sheepfold. Occasionally, i found it necessary to leave the 99 back safely in the fold and to go after a lost sheep. But most days, I stood at the gate to the sheepfold. And I took my duty as an under-shepherd to protect, guard, and defend the flock of God with great sobriety and a heavy dependence upon Him. But now today, I'm leaving my post. And I will no longer stand at the gate of this fold. Because God has called me to another flock. And I'm going to stand at the gate there. Probably many more sheep that I'll have to go after in that new flock. But because I'm leaving my post here and going to be the under-shepherd in another flock, I now turn over the shepherd's crook to each of you. And it is now your duty and your trust to defend, to guard, to tend and nourish these people who are your flock and the people of God. And I urge you by the power of the Holy Spirit to do your work as under shepherds faithfully, consistently, and leaning upon the Lord's help so that one day all of us as under-shepherds will be able to report in on that day and we will receive the commendation of the chief shepherd in his words to us. Well done, thou good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I will put you in charge, many. In a very special way, may God be with ye. Amen. You may be seated.
2: You may be seated. I was fine till the end. <laughs> so when they asked me to take this nest part, um, I couldn't do this without sharing a few personal remarks first, um, and I promise I'll be good as, as well. And uh, it's been a privilege and an honor, Rick, to serve with you. It's hard to believe that I have been under your leadership for 10 years. And uh, learned a lot when I was first here those first few years, when I would get the phone call, Keith, I need to see you in my office. (laughs) At first I would dread those, almost feeling like a student going to the principal's office. You know, what did I do now? But I learned to love those times with Rick in his office, talking together, praying together about the ministry and what goes on here. And it's just been a privilege and an honor to serve with you. Um, One of the things when Rick met with us the end of September as a staff and announced his resignation was he had asked that we would release him for this new ministry that he has. And it's rare as a congregation that we have the opportunity to release our senior pastor to another ministry A lot of times when senior pastors move on, they announce they're leaving and and they're gone. And we have the opportunity to do that. So I'd like to read some scripture, and then I'm just going to ask us as a congregation, I'm going to ask you two questions that I would ask you to respond positively to um, on behalf of the Crockers. As I was thinking about this, this was a scripture that came to mind, and it's from Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. And it states, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The first question as I read that and I'm finished, I would ask that you as a congregation respond with, we do. Do you, the congregation of First Alliance Church, Release Rick Crocker from his ministry here at our church to fulfill the call God has placed on his life to begin his new ministry at the city mission. We do. And then our second question I would just ask that you would respond we will. Will you, the congregation of First Alliance Church, uphold Rick and Kathy and their family in prayer on a regular basis? That God would give them the strength and the courage to follow him each and every day as they start down a new path in their life. Thank you.
3: Throughout the Scriptures, we read of the leaders of the church commissioning their fellow workers as they have ventured out to minister in God's name. Today, we as a church have a special privilege not only to release Rick and Kathy from the ministry of First Alliance, but to commission them for the new work to which God is calling them. We are not losing We are not losing a pastoral family. We are sending members of this church and God's kingdom into the new ministry field. This is truly our joy. At this time, I would like to invite Rick and Kathy to the altar area in front of the communion table. I would also like to invite the Board of Elders and all FAC staff members who are here this morning to please gather in around them. Rick and Kathy, having released you from the ministry of First Alliance Church, it is our honor to commission you to the work of God in the new ministry field to which He is calling you. As we do, let us hear your affirmation to the work of the Lord. Rick and Kathy, do you intend to serve the Lord your God in this new ministry with all of your heart, soul, and mind, loving your neighbor as yourself, holding firm to the commands of God, teaching the truths of Scripture, and upholding the name of Christ? Do you, Rick and Kathy, intend to be light in this dark world by serving God with integrity, resisting evil, and when you fall into sin, practicing confession, repentance, and returning to the Lord? Do you intend to seek and serve Christ in all persons, striving for justice and peace among all people, respecting the dignity of every person? And now, as Keith has already done, do you, the members and worshipers of First Alliance Church, promise to pray for, encourage, support Rick and Kathy both in their ministry and in their Christian life? Yes. Will you stand with us to affirm these statements and send Rick and Kathy forward to their new ministry through prayer and the laying on of hands? If you desire, you may. Join us by reaching your hand forward and uniting your hearts with us. At this time, I would invite Dennis Jones to open us in prayer.
0: Spend eternity with you and never, ever have to say goodbye again. Amen.
3: Greg.
4: Heavenly Father, we acknowledge before you that we like to be a fan of change and big change. Father, we always will uh, be encouraged uh, by the knowledge that you have gone before us, that you have prepared the way. And Father, we thank you for the ability to recall, to remember, that we can rejoice in those times. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that uh, you have shown us your grace by allowing Rick and Kathy to remain in this community where we can uh, remain in touch and uh, stay friends. We do pray for the Crocker children, Father. We pray for Jared and Justin and Jessica, who for them this is change also. We ask that you will uh, wrap your arms around them this day and love them and embrace them. But for Rick and Kathy, Father, who... uh, who would enjoy some easy as well, may find this difficult. Father, I pray that, as Genesis prayed, joy will come upon them and even overwhelm them, that they may be able to experience all that you have for them, Father, this, the abundant life. Father, we thank you that you will care for each member, each leader in this church, that we will move forward. And Father, that you will lead us as you have in the past. Father, for those things, we give you praise, again we ask your blessing on this dear family, the prophets, and encourage them
3: in their faith in Jesus. Father, you have been gracious to give us a couple who model your grace and your love. You have been gracious to allow us to learn from their example. As we send them forth, we pray, Father, that they would serve as an example of your grace and love to the people of the city mission, to the people of the city of Erie in this region. We pray, God, that you would do great things through them as they remain faithful to you. This church stands as a testimony to what you want to do through people who are obedient. And God, we send them forth this day to follow in your will, to bless and to keep and to honor the people of Erie. And so, Heavenly Father, may your hand be ever on these choice servants. Holy Spirit, be their guide, leading them in the knowledge and obedience of your word, that they may serve you with all of their heart. Lord Jesus, may your name be lifted high in the lives of the people they touch, and in the city of Erie. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now Rick and Kathy, with the strength of God Almighty, and the encouragement of First Alliance Church, go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. And share the Gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen and Amen.